What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. This episode of the Fatherhood's Podcast is brought to you by Fly Dad, where fatherhood stays fly. Check us out at flydadgear.com. All right, everybody, we got a special guest. Um, he is a prolific DJ known around the globe for his amazing mixtape blends. Uh, true hip-hop head, but he's... He's a, a very eclectic cat, so don't just pigeonhole him into one genre. Uh, I'm holding in my hand one of his joints. It's called Original. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. OG, OG. Wow. OG, OG. Okay. Yeah, I got I got some CDs too that I gotta find. But yo, some of the some of the most um, educational hip hop tunes is how I could characterize it because not only are they dope from a sonic perspective, but yo, it takes you into very many worlds of music that you probably weren't even familiar with. And you very quickly have them become part of your routine. So you'll hear these joints. Then you hear it on the radio, some oldie station. And you're like, oh, shit. That's where it comes from. So I, I, I consider him kind of a teacher in the space of music. So welcome. And he's also a dad. So we're going to really focus in dad. on that. She's yeah, trying to yeah. show you her uh, her unicorn right now. Her My little pony. She's, yes. That's what she's obsessed with right now. Yes, sir. So introducing on the Fatherhood's podcast, Mr. DJ Neil Armstrong. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. So that was a that was a good intro. I, I was that was unexpected too. I haven't seen that cassette in a quite a while. I think I put that out, man. When cassettes 20, were out. <laughs> right. Right. 23 years ago. 23. Yeah. So that's dope. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, this little one, this is my daughter. Uh, hey. kinda, I'm kind of a new dad. I've only been at this for <laughs> four years. Okay. And most of it has been during the pandemic. So I have a slightly different, probably a different perspective than most, right? Um, um, <laughs> her name is Lee Lee, L-I-L-I. But I was telling that, telling y'all that, uh, you know, in, in Japanese, there's no hard L sound, which is why historically, you know, that's one of the accent issues uh, that gets made fun of. You oh, know. I, I uh, so actually like, didn't know that. So that's yeah. good to know. So at, like that's why F, F and R and those type of sounds kind of get all garbled up. Mm. So but yeah, her name is Lee Lee, like Riri, but okay. with an L. Right. But yeah, oddly enough, in Japan, they don't really have that hard L sound. So I'm sure her name's gonna just morph into to Lily, most likely mm. here in America. And mm. over there, they you know, if you spell it out uh, phonetically, it would. If you just look at it, it would be like R, more of an R, like Riri, like that. Got it. And I'm not Japanese, so my accent sucks ass too. Just FYI, <laughs> I'm, I'm Filipino American. I'm, I'm a, as American as pie could be. Uh, 
can't speak. I can't even speak my own, you know, Tagalog. It's terrible. It's horrible. Yeah, Filipino <laughs> got the Latin mix too. The, the Spaniard, of course. Mix in there, so I mean, my last my last name is Rodriguez. So right. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> and you you grew up in New York City, right? I think Queens was yes. it. Born and raised Queens. Queens get the money. I'm a <laughs> disciple of. Uh, I, I just saw this uh, meme about how Ron Artest back when he was with the Bulls. He he took a job at Circuit City just to get that fifty percent off off discount. Yeah, I, I saw that. That was a doc on Showtime, <laughs> I think it was right. Yeah, peep that. Wait, <laughs> yeah, that's Queens. <laughs> that's, that is Queens. That's that's where I grew up. Um, I'm not sure if people really understand how it is in New York for a lot of the the latchkey kids from my era. I'm I'm fifty years old, uh, damn near fifty. I'm I'm a uh, two years short of being fifty. Mm. And uh, come on, you got to hold on. I just turned 47. <laughs> we holding on. We holding on. I, I know we're, we're the <laughs> you look like you're 28, bro. <laughs> I pre, you, you know, that's that Filipino don't crack, drug. I guess. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, yo, hip hop, hip hop keeps us young. No, I'm sure yeah. no one thinks you're 47. I, I'd right. be really surprised. I mean, the white beard fucks it up, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, ah, it's in the these days, part, man. you know, that that's what um, look at Grandmaster Flash. I, I, I don't know how old that. He gotta be. He gotta be at least yeah, he gotta close be to seventy. Yeah. He has to be. be yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's true. He it's looked true. like a kid. He looked like a child. I, I mean, Red Alert. He's always kind of looked like Uncle Red Alert. So, so, right. So, but I mean, he still looks the same to me from what I remember from back in the day. Is we're in the time capsule, y'all. Yeah. Um. But what I was saying was like, uh, you grow up really much. Multi- multicultural in new york just because of how the subway works and you kind of learn you know that that term latchkey kid i don't know if that's everywhere hold on yeah, a little we, one watch. did y'all have I, that yeah i was a latchkey it? kid and k I mean, he, he I, just I, named I his had, company i had a re- i had a record label called latchkey there you go. <laughs> i mean there you go i was wondering about that if that was a Mm-hmm. A New York centric thing, but I mean, some of us like literally. No, I'm here in Miami. I was last yeah. kid. No, I was in. Uh, I was San Francisco last kid. Oh, there, there we go. go. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. I figured it was, but I guess because you know we're in like urban centers, right? Where the, our parents have to work, especially you know if you're like a, a parent of a first generation immigrant or mm-hmm. that type of thing, and. We, they don't have a choice and we got to grow up on our own um i wasn't the worst of it i had thankfully my grandmother was around and um but we end up taking the subway at a very young age and you know just being in just very multicultural situations so, so here's a question to you on that and knowing that we've all grown up in that like very independent at an early young age, you know, moving around solo, young. How do you feel about your daughter moving around independently, you know, in, at the in same age years? that we were? Yeah. Yeah. So oddly enough, I don't know if you saw on Netflix, there's this whole TV show about young Japanese kids. I, 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 I the name is, um, I can't remember the name right now, but basically in Japan, which is, extremely trippy which if we did that in america we would get um child services called on us (laughs) but like when you're the age of six they little six-year-olds take the subway in in japan because they have to do kind of like a 
kind of like community a community service type of thing. Not a community service thing, but they just learn how to survive on their own. Wow. Um, but in a bigger picture, the culture. Bible, my daughter said, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's not like you, you know, in America, you think you're, you're going to get throwing them to the wolves, right? Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. No, like if, yeah. if, if they're on the subway and they're lost, someone will say, Hey, this is a train you have to go to nine times out of 10. I think they'll even walk the child to the train and just make sure they get on the train. Good, fine. And, and they go to school. So my, my wife who grew up there has been taking this, you know, it, I don't know. She had to do it uh, all the time, but she, yeah, it's not odd to see a six-year-old child taking the train Dolo. to school. Dolo. Solo Dolo in Japan. <laughs> now, for, for context, because somebody that's listening to you might not understand why you know so much about Japan. So you mentioned your wife is from Japan. Right, right. But yes, you also my, semi-reside there? Like, I feel like yes. you, you're in multiple spots. So can you tell right. what the hell is, is going on there? <laughs> all right. So I'm from New York City, born and raised. These days, though, I spend most of my time in Yokohama, Japan, which is very often described as like your, your Brooklyn to New York. If uh, New York was Tokyo and Bro Brooklyn would be Yokohama, that's okay. usually what people say. Um, Deadly Dragon Sound is that I always mess up names. My, my brain is as we get older. We we lose a lot of cognitive. <laughs> I deserve, deserve. I'm pretty for it's Dreadly Dragon. I'm pretty sure they're from Yokohama. They're a big sound system. I might be totally screwing it up. But I'm pretty sure it's Deadly Dragon. Anyway, um, a, a lot of jazz musicians also come from Yokohama. One of the earlier, you know, how all these um, vinyl cafes are kind of popping up in mm -hmm. in America now. That they took that all from Japan. And one of the earliest ones, arguably the first one, was stationed in Yokohama um, because the the army was there that was that's one of the where the army was mm. uh, close to that area um, so yeah I split time between Hawaii Japan and these days a lot less New York so initially I was one of the DJs who was lucky enough to do my craft uh, overseas and I I got to travel a lot I Rarely DJed in New York. Um, I didn't, I rarely would DJ in Vegas. It was Bali or China or Thailand. And then I'd just come back and forth all the time. But, you know, COVID just said, that's the end of that. Um, then we just were kind of forced to stay in one place or another. And um, I'm sure you guys have been keeping up with the news, but the U.S. Uh, reaction to the, the vaccine was less than stellar. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Japan's treatment just overall of the situation was just way better. So I've been more over there on that side. Um, Hawaii is only five hours from Tokyo. So mm. when I would come back, we would just come back here as opposed to taking a i don't know 15 hour flight to new york yeah. um so right now we're in hawaii that's why i'm looking a little blue literally blue hawaii the <laughs> the ocean ala moana park is right out there um so yeah that's why i'm going back and forth so much and why i know a little bit not a lot about japanese culture is because my wife is full japanese 
And so my daughter is half Filipino American, half Japanese. So are you in uh, Kayako right now? Kayako? The district across from uh, Alamoana Park. The arts, I, it's called like know, the arts where all the murals and stuff are. No, 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 no. That's a little more in that direction. Oh, okay. Uh, as as Chinatown. I'm literally, if, you, if you're if you familiar with Alamoana, I'm right next to the Target. They, they built a bunch of condos out here. Oh, okay. So it, it's a nice baller space. Yeah, I'm, nice. I'm, uh, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> complaining. I'm not complaining being out here. Um, but yeah, that area is really dope. I really like, um, as you as you said, it's kind of like a, a artsy district, and they're building a lot of stuff out there. So who knows? So I'm I'm a little transient. Like in uh, you know, we we rent when we're out here, essentially a long term Airbnb type situation. How, however, Airbnbs are not legal out here, so it's uh, I don't know what they they call it, but long term rental. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Um, giving yeah, go ahead, Kay. I was just going to ask how your daughter reacts to yeah. the transient so, nature of going back and forth. Is she just with it, or does she get attached to one place and not want to leave? So she's only four years old. And again, when I when we started talking, I, I was saying that how she grew up in COVID. Um, so what that meant for us was for a big chunk of her life, which is not much, <laughs> right? Uh, two years basically. The only faces she saw was me my wife's and my grandmother uh and then when we went to japan it was the same thing me my wife and my and uh my wife's parents um that was a you know we were in new york from march of 2020 until maybe september so six months that's all she she had mm-hmm. and then when we we're in japan fortunately the schools were open it did closer to a normal life situation so she actually did finally get to interact with other people um i don't know if she's aware of a normal life Mm -hmm. you know where she always has the same friends because this is all she's ever known like we're here for a little while and then we leave and then we're here for a little while however we are reaching the age right five years old is when normally kids go to school uh, a, a normal school and we'll see what happens like when i when i started uh my life with with having a relationship my my, my wife would basically travel with me fortunately she was in a position her job allowed her to work from everywhere so that's how we ended up dating like I, i'd be like yeah i have to go to korea um do you, you want to meet me there and she'd be like, yeah, sure. And that's Damn. not a normal. That's not a normal. That would be nice. Oh, right. okay. <laughs> now, she would be able to bring her. I can't bring her to Korea. <laughs> <laughs> right. She, because of her job, she was like, sure, I, I could do that. You know, I, I can meet you there. And that's actually where we first met in, um, in person anyway, in, in Seoul. Uh, so that was our, our life for a very long time. It would just be like, I would pick up a gig in australia and she'd be like oh yeah sure i could tag along and then you know things progressed blah blah blah. and i was hoping i don't know if you guys follow there's like there's like for example like this bucket list family and their whole life is just transient like they just they're never in one place they they just whatever some beautiful place pick somewhere maldives the bali blah 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 and they just travel as a family 
I assume they're essentially homeschooled. However, I've been told that because there's a lot of families like this now, they've set up a uh, curriculum for it. Yeah. And, and you can meet people like somewhere, uh, you know, through Facebook groups, whatever, like, Hey, we're, we're all in Bali. So uh, Bali and they'll set up a classroom and Mm. all these families who are kind of live their lives this way, will send them to school. It's like a network. Right. Homeschoolers. Right. So it's not exactly like it's just, you know, you and the, the parents or that uh, that idea in my head is that what that's what I get. Like, it's just right. you and your mom with, with a blackboard. No, like they they've set up this uh, you know, yeah, foundation. Yeah, like groups. Yeah. Right. Um, so I was hoping to do that. However, COVID really, I mean, y'all know we, it switched everything up like yeah. for the most part. I've done some stuff here and there, but also just uh, for the issues of safety for the health of my my uh, wife's family and my family, I, I have I've turned away gigs when I have taken gigs. Like a bunch of us uh, took um, New Year's gigs, and ninety percent of my friends got their New Year's gigs kiboshed, and I was one of them who got you know that that kept happening to me over and over again. So traveling isn't as important to me i guess anymore i don't know if that was a causal thing because of covid or just as i've gotten older you know it's not as much of an interest i am definitely i i I do think it helps to have uh some kind of structure when you're young um moving around at the rate that i was doing previous to her being born i can't imagine that's helpful you know for a child who's just kind of trying to develop uh, you know, so everything. You say, from, go ahead. I'm sorry. So would you say you're, I mean, today you're still doing gigs. You're still traveling, picking up DJ gigs. I, I would be, but like I said, the couple of times that I had things ready to go, right. COVID said, no, nah. <laughs> but even nah, now, like in the you. last, I don't know, six months or so has oh, started. Picking in the up? La- so when I came back, uh, shoot, yeah, this like four weeks ago, I have no sense of time anymore. Yeah. So I came back to Hawaii May 23rd. I immediately went and did a, a wedding in Ohio. Oh, wow. I did a gig in New York. Um, so that's a, another interesting question that relates to having a, a daughter now. Like uh, since I've been with her, I, I've been really lucky as opposed to our parents or, you know, as we all said, we're latchkey kids. I, I haven't really been apart from my daughter for more than a month mm. uh, in the last four years, which is a, a, a blessing. You know, that's a really rare situation. And uh, I feel bad when I leave. Like, I feel genuinely bad. O- only a couple of times my daughter has really cried because, you know, I, in, in my case, I don't know if this is for every kid, but my daughter is, of course, very attached to her mom. So as long as mom is around, she's, <laughs> she's good to go. That's my case. um, Right. Um, But yeah, man, I don't know. I feel bad. I feel really terrible not being We talk about that a lot here. Like, I I could relate to that as well. I mean, that's that's one of your biggest, that's one of your biggest challenges, E, is that. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough for me to commit to to travel because I'm thinking, overthinking it about the family and the kids. And then when I do, it's like all my travel nowadays is like, I got to flip back. I got to come. It's like a one night trip. I don't care where I'm going. 
exactly and then so then it's it's exhausting you know yeah. and uh i i'm sure later on it won't be as much of an issue once my daughter's in school and once she has her own friends I, i'm already prepared like i'll ask my cousin who you know started his his kid journey way earlier so his his child's already in college like you know she don't hug him <laughs> She does. <laughs> I asked him, I was like, does your daughter hug me? She's like, no, <laughs> she, she wants nothing to do with me right now. And I'm sure that's going to be the case, you know, for better, or for worse. And I think it might get, I think it actually might get a little worse uh, <laughs> for, for a portion. Well, my son is nine and um, it's almost like when they're younger, you know, they don't necessarily know that you're gone. They've not putting it all together so much because the communication is right. a little bit less the you know, it's a might be jumbled up for them yeah. Sometimes. yeah um but now the the older he's gotten the more he's aware of like damn you're, you're going on a trip or you're not going to be here and then yeah. the tears start you know what i mean and it, then then it's See, really you're, then you're it making me more. sad right now the tears about to come down yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's tough well in that case Honestly, I, I don't know. I, and I, I feel you on, I'm, a, I'm just very attached to it because I've been, you know, a lot of DJs, a lot of dudes having kids isn't really on their mind. I've, I've always wanted a child. So I don't know. Uh, I would love to kind of turn this into something. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me clarify. I, I've been DJ Neil Armstrong for uh 25 27 years now and i know everybody throws around that word brand but it's uh, for me it's even more like that's how the majority of the people who know me now know me right. so the idea of me not being dj neil armstrong is definitely doesn't make me very happy <laughs> like uh, yeah. uh meaning that day when i'm not uh making my money from being a dj and not involved in music in any way shape or form it's very difficult for me i i would hope that i'd be able to you know turn it into something where i can continue to do what i do musically at least on some level in one place so uh you know me and my friends have discussed starting like a not now I'm hoping any no Japanese folks see this out there because I'm basically even giving my idea away. But I wanted to do like, uh, hey, don't worry about that. That's putting <laughs> out into the universe, right? Right. And execution right, right. is really what matters. So a lot of people exactly. ain't built for it. Right. I, I mean, I'm obviously I'm not built for it. Also, it would be set up already. But <laughs> <laughs> but like me and my friends were like, you know what? Be really interesting. Japanese culture is always running. They they run that line between appropriation and um, appreciation. Uh, mm -hmm. Like everyone, I, you know, I, my place has always been a question because, you know, when you first look at me, you're like, what's, what's this Asian dude doing here? Like, he, right. how does he belong? That, I, I've just learned that that's par for the course uh, as long as I'll be in this culture. But the Japanese very much appreciate culture. Like they, they curate it. Like, I, I don't know if you guys are aware, like most of the Jap, most of the Jamaican 45s, like the reggae joints, the most of them are in Japan because they care for them. They, they wanted them. Like right. they were just thrown away by everyone else. They were like, no, no, no I, I want these. I, I, so they're, they're all over there. They have the illest records. They have the illest dub plates. 
things things of that nature. I think that um, dude DJ Kentaro's from Japan. He's got a uh, yeah. cra- crazy Ken- crazy Kentaro yeah, uh, yeah. Muro. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Kogo. If look up DJ Kogo, if you see what he does, I, y'all wouldn't want to follow him. After, <laughs> like <laughs> right. you guys would really not want to follow. Like it, when he goes off on forty fives. What's his get, What's his Instagram? I want to follow him right now. Uh, Coco Kamashita. Oh, hold on, let me try to find it while we're talking. But anyway, the point was, one thing that is always very difficult is is um language. You know, if if you don't have someone to teach you, for lack of a better way to say, it, like urban slang, like you know, there's no books on that. There's the, the urban slang changes so quickly that uh half the time like we have to catch up a little bit, you know, like right. it just is new words are coming up all the time. And I, I did want to kind of teach a DJ school slash English class where mm. we would speak not in very proper, you know, British English, the King's English. We would speak like how we speak. All and right. that would be something very interesting that me personally, I would be able to provide coming from New York, um, having been able to travel a lot, uh, that would be something great that I would love to do. And I'd be totally fine not being in a club anymore. And I could, you know, do my scratch thing. So my real background is, of course, the turntablist world. So like the X, the X Men are the guys who taught me how to DJ Total Eclipse, Rob Swift, Legends. Yes, absolutely. Craze, Rock my Raider. neighbor over here. That's my home. <laughs> uh, the first time I saw Craze perform on video was i don't know if you remember when he in the he did like the neighborhood spider-man thing do you remember that yeah and yeah when i saw him do that i was i was just shocked i, I didn't know what what, uh, what the hell was a going beast, on man He's oh crazy crazy is a beast and then on top of that i think uh he was I don't know if you guys remember this time period, but like turntablists were not known for being good mixers like they were just right. not good party rockers it was if you were a scratcher, you could not rock a party. That was the general rule. But Craze was one of the DJs, I think, who really yeah. flipped that narrative. Well, one of them. There's there's a lot. But he was one of the guys. And a big chunk of it is because before he was a turntablist, you know, he was doing all the drum and bass stuff in the Miami joints. And he was he was a DJ. He was a DJ's yeah. DJ as opposed to like, you know, that scratch nerd kind of bedroom DJ mentality thing. And. You know, yeah, he's he's sick. Um, and his daughter's an ill DJ now too. Ooh, I, how, so are you guys? Are you guys gonna let all your kids DJ be in the music biz? Are you telling them not DJ, get out of here? I don't want them to be in the music biz. <laughs> I'll, let I'll let my kids DJ. <laughs> right. It's an interesting I, question. I mean, my my I'm I'm probably the most far removed from the actual business of music among the three of us, but or four of us, including yourself, Neil. But um. I, I think I am fearful of them entering into the entertainment space in general, whether it be acting, music, or what have you, because I, I just find the, the nature of it being so toxic. And I feel like a lot of our gen this generation of kids, there's some things that are missing in how they perceive the world, because for the most part, we've been able to elevate their experience by moving out of the hood, so to speak, or like venturing off into different more more safe zones to pre- create a better life for them but at the expense of 
not having certain foundational elements that, you know, you growing up in Queens, you walking down the street, you, you your senses are heightened. You know kind of where to steer clear from and all that. Right. The music business to me is is like quintessentially like the hood as far as like knowing how to navigate. You have to have a certain skill set no, to navigate. Right. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. How about yourself? My- I mean, my wife said, hell no. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's pretty much that. But she has shown uh, quite an interest in music. Um, you know, not, not all kids are like that. I've seen kids who just do not groove. They don't move at all. Like she loves music. She loves getting behind the turntables. And But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's going to be to my fault, but I would definitely... I would like my daughter to pursue her her passion in some f- form or fashion. Uh, I grew up with the mentality of, you know, the, the Asian stereotypes. You know, I, I actually I have a degree in chemical engineering. I went to school I, for that. I, I wanted to I thought you were going to say nursing and I was like, oh, <laughs> man, Filipino stuff. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if the male nurses came into into fashion until uh, <laughs> a little bit later. Until but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, though, if, if I was at that time period, I would have. But no, I, I have a degree in chemical engineering. I, I went to school on a full scholarship and oh. I did all that type of stuff. I fortunately I was school was not uh, uneasy for me, at, at least up to uh, college. Um, so and you, I and you, you had a really prominent gig coming out of school. Like you you had like a six figure job, if I'm not mistaken, like pretty early on. Uh, early on. Now, back then, what I was making was pretty high in that sector. Right. But uh, here's a little nerd tidbit. Like basically what happened was I, I went to a school called Cooper Union. And this is right at the first Internet bubble. So this is like, let's say, 98 to 2000. So companies were just hiring, I guess, people they felt were smart enough to handle the, the, the load of being part of a, a corporation. So I ended up working for Credit Suisse. Uh, at the time, it was called Credit Suisse First Boston. So think of Goldman Sachs, think of something of that nature. And I was essentially hired to be uh my my title was i was a technical associate so i i ended up learning on the job how to program now remember this is the very early times this is before facebook we were probably all using mapquest and alta vista like google wasn't around um so i end up learning how to program in uh pearl uh wow nobody uses that no more MySQL no. or whatever. <laughs> uh, well, the MySQL is the the free version, you know. Oh, okay. So the the paid version would have been Sybase or God. This is, I feel like I'm talking about a different <laughs> lifetime. Anyway, so I learned how to program. At the same time, I'm DJing. This is the point when I'm I'm battling the most. So this is when I'm involved in that, that whole world, and I'm already in the music industry. Uh, Jeff Staple, I'm, I'm sure you guys know him. He's the guy who, who made the pigeon dunk. We we come up together at the same time. So Jeff Staple did all my logos, uh, did all the Fit Platoon logos, my DJ Cruise logos. He's the guy who did all that. And 
we also end up getting to know a bunch of other people in the industry. Now, some of my homies end up working at Loud Records and Loud Records doesn't even have like a, a BB, BBM forum. Is that what it was called? Bulletin board. Forum, oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, forum. Yeah, the B, yeah, BBF, I don't know. BBM sounds like a big, beautiful. As long as it's not as BBW. Moms. That's a different conversation. <laughs> so um, my, my friend is like, uh, you know, Neil, do you know how to do this? I was like, oh, yeah, of course. I could do this in like five seconds. So he lies to them, tells them it's going to take them like 10 hours. They pay me a little something. And I end up creating the, the forum for uh, Loud's website at the time. So back then, it was just probably like a static picture. They didn't have any interaction. Like, you know, those ideas were kind of brand new. And um, or may, I don't know, maybe they had some artist bios. So at the time, you know, that's Mob Deep. That's Big Pun, right? Alcoholics. Pun, right, Alcoholics, Bootang. Uh, all those, I remember they had like a sampler. ODB was on it. Adolf, you remember Adolf? Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, we. I, I end up building the forum. The first question I asked is like, yo, which one is Prod- Prodigy and which one's Havoc? And already, even back then, there was internet trolls you're like yo what are you stupid blah 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 (laughs) (laughs) and yeah that was my first internet hip-hop gig and um the people who started that there was one guy named randy weiner the other guy was the guy who did king's media so king's media their big thing was they sold oprah winfrey's show for a gang load of money so i don't know if you guys remember at the end of an oprah winfrey show there's like a that that uh plane that says king's media or something like that him and this guy randy weiner decide we want to create the first basically they wanted to create a hip-hop portal which i guess would be like your facebook's now and blah 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 and since i did that for them they pulled me onto their team so i was part of all that early on and uh internet bubble burst that was that and at that point is when i finally was able to monetize a dj so so you when I, the switch full-time dj yes hesitantly i wasn't sure because you know the, that i was getting paid as you said like a, a huge chunk of money for for back then this is like 96 mm-hmm. and i'm two years out of college like you know that's hard that's hard to be like oh well let's let's leave and and not make any money djing um (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah you know i don't know all the all you guys out there everyone started probably doing dj gigs for free i i don't know anyone who didn't dj for free at some point you guys if you're out there and you're like man what am i doing however at a certain point you have to understand you're not living in your parents basement anymore and you need to step up your game or you need to figure out what you're supposed to be doing in life just fyi because if you do want to be part of the you know the father's group yeah getting drink getting paid drinks at the club on a wednesday night isn't going to cut it anymore just it, FYI. <laughs> it's not going to hack it so yeah then yeah i i decided i'm going to go hard with the the dj thing and um i started making those mixtapes like the one you saw you you know you showed in your Original, hand and yeah that put me on a path 
which I I don't know. When I look back, I'm still like, uh, did did this actually happen or was I just dreaming it? Uh, those mixtapes arguably got me to DJ for Jay Z, so I got to DJ for Jay. Uh, so when you say arguably, you still don't know what exactly it was that got him to. So, okay, now uh, all I can speak of it is from my New Yorkish high beast perspective. So I, I was one of the earlier DJs to become part of the streetwear culture, I guess. And no one will believe me, but like I used to be a blogger for for high beast. So high beast mm. to have a, a blogger program. So it was like myself. Uh, there's a girl named Joy Yoon. I think Ambush was on there. This guy named Ricky Kim. These are names that I don't know if people mention much these days. Another guy named Eugene Khan was on there. So this was at an early point where that intersection, how it is now, where like Travis Scott is doing freaking sneakers with McDonald's and all these little kids are wearing Air Force Ones that don't know why they call them uptowns. Like (laughs) this was not the situation. This is very early on uh, in the gestation. And I was not trying to be like every other DJ. I was not screaming over the records. Like you've heard the mix. Like it's very arty. Very low. <laughs> right. I barely say my name on these things. That the point wasn't to put out my brand. It was really to push the art form and the music and the scratching and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And one of the stories I've been told was uh, at the time, Dame and Jay had someone in their employment named Ashley Nichols. So I believe Ashley was some kind of personal assistant to either Dame or Jay or both of them. And this is a story that Jeff Staple actually told me. So Jeff comes, I I go to the store. At the time, Jeff had a store uh, called The Reed Space, and they used to push a lot of my mixtapes. And he says, Ashley Nichols came in and now no one's going to believe this, but there's a story that was told to me. <laughs> you can ask Jeff Staple if you ever interview him after he has a kid. Um, <laughs> he says, now remember this, this story I've, hasn't been told in a while. So maybe I'm, I'm murking the, uh, the details a little, yeah. but essentially on original, you know, I, I use a lot of, uh, sound bites and sound clips to kind of tie the story together, the narrative, right? Besides the the theme of the music. So on this mixtape, like for example, I played uh an Eminem sample. So Eminem is uh you know produced by Dre. So then I'll play a Dre sample and Dre was part of the NWA. So I'll, then I'll play an ice cube sample and you know I'll, I'll kind of go in that order. Uh, like a family tree type. Right. And if yeah. you're a music head, you realize like, oh, th- this is why he's doing it. This is why he's doing that. So, you know, I would do things of that nature. I would sample like a John Leguizamo. So yeah, when I did the Eminem skit, you know, he's a white dude. So then I played the Vanilla Ice joint or so, things of that nature, like just things to kind of tie all these little mini stories together. According to Ashley Nichols, he hears one of my mixtapes. I believe it was original. And he goes into the studio and he's like, I want to do 
I want stuff like this. And if you listen to the beginning of What More Can I Say, they sample, uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, are you entertain? Are you not entertained? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the right from the movie for th- not three hundred. Uh, but a uh, uh, Russell Crowe joint. It's yeah, a Russell yeah. Crowe joint. That's we're right. all old. We're all. This is what I'm talking. When you when you're old, you can't yeah, remember yeah. these things. And it's always on the tip of your tongue. You just <laughs> right. can't remember it. Right. Gladiator. Gladiator. So he yeah. samples Gladiator. So he's telling us his story, and then Jeff's telling us his story. My my homie, my my DJ partner, and my crew named Daddy Dog is there, and he's like, he's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he didn't say he didn't say jay-z he said jay-zone he said jay-zone <laughs> like your mixtape that's what he said so we're just <laughs> laughing about it and i don't know if it's true i never asked jay about it i thought that would just be a kind of weird conversation to have however i did end up djing for him so there must have been some connection some truth to that right? <laughs> some, some right. connection later on in life when i'm djing for jay already i i'm we're doing the hollywood bowl show which was really really dope they had a whole like fireworks show afterwards which we couldn't see because you know it's obviously behind us but um ashley nichols is there and he tells me he's like neil just talk to jay tell him remember that time you're on the boat and santro pay would be when you guys weren't <laughs> married yet and i played that mixtape tell him that was you and, and he kept, like ashley kept telling me like yo just tell him man and i just I don't know. I'm not. I'm not like that. I think it's it's a little weird. I'm already there. So what else do I need to prove? Right, it, it's, fine. Right, yeah. it's cool. I'm here. <laughs> I don't need to know. But th- those are the type of things that people would tell me. I don't know if they're trying to gas me up. It's possible. I have terrible friends. But um, <laughs> the point is though, I do believe that these mixtapes that I made, hundred percent, put me on this wild path to getting to DJ for J for to performing in front of uh, 120,000 people at the the Glastonbury to performing it like uh the one thing I always dreamed about growing up in New York was like I, I, every time I would drive by Madison Square Garden I'd be like man like, wouldn't that be amazing if I got to DJ here I got to DJ there six times mm-hmm. you know and that's uh that's packed the one house. thing packed super packed house and everybody in there not not your average not your average fans, you know, everybody from Puff, like whatever Puffy's in there, pick someone, you know, that, things of that nature. So, yeah, it's all from making these mixtapes, which I used to get ridiculed for because I, I was making like a I was making weird like a, so I made that original series, which I really appreciate that you uh, gave me some props on that. I, I do. Uh, there was a article written once and this dude called me a just a, a simple he said his words exact words he's just a simple sample spotter i was like oh, shit. do you do you listen to what i do or you just skim through it like what are you doing <laughs> then um i always that that's the one time a troll got to me i was like okay all right let's see what's up and then um i did like a sweet series which was all yeah. r&b yeah. and then i did something called extraordinary which was rock but not not mashups so this was during the mashup period and it was just rock music mixed with a hip hop aesthetic, which I had never heard another DJ do before. Not not during that time, um, you know. As I put, like you know, Spinbad did his '80s mix, but it's really like when you listen to it, he took these '80s elements and he made them hip hop. 
So yeah, he, that was a he, dope ass mix. Oh, uh, absolutely. That was a, a extremely underrated. I don't know how how many kids know about it today, but that I used setup, to run that tape. That, that right. what was the CD then? I used to run that shit all the time in my office. Right. And you know, like so, he took like a human league song, and then he put the the Run DMC beat underneath it. Right. That that's almost like he took these things and turned it into hip hop. My yeah. thing was like it was. I just left it as the rock versions, but I put them together like in that same kind of narrative. If you listen to that type of music, like oh, okay, he put the cure with this group, and he did some wordplay with blah 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 this and that and other. Open and, format uh, before open format. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Someone said that to me once. I wouldn't go that far, but um, different because open format. I think you know definitely gets associated with certain DJs. I I would associate it more as as far as popularity wise with, of course, like an AM, a, a Z Trip, uh, right? Those guys. It it was really meant for the fans of really just the fans of that genre because right. at the time music was really compartmentalized which is so so interesting um how that happened i i don't i don't know maybe we go through phases like when by the time i got into hip-hop hip-hop was you know you only listen to hip-hop you know mm-hmm. you're not if you listen to dos effects you're not you, even listening to puffy that compartmentalized like you you couldn't do that back then so going from uh das effects to morrissey like you might get punched in the mouth for that but i i did grow up that way my sister it was a a avid new wave fan i've seen depeche mode perform six times i've seen erasure omd i've seen pill like that was actually more of my earlier time because my sister was four years older than me right so four years is kind of that that generation right because that's high school, the difference between high school and so I'm 11 years old at a Tears for Fears concert. (laughs) So that's, that's was my original music that I listened to before hip hop sucked me in like that. So do you play any of your mixes for your daughter in the background? Oh, absolutely. And when I'm on Twitch, so that that's just uh, um, getting to what you were asking about, like gigs and stuff. I got really heavy into Twitch. Mm. Um, so yeah, she listens to a lot of that stuff. She seems to like uh, a lot of sweet, sweet, sweet <laughs> stuff. I think you know. I mean, I think it's just all kids, right? Because it's the energy, right? She likes up tempo music, wh- whether it be uh, Michael Jackson joints uh, to you know Dua Lipa joints, like anything above 120 BPM. She just yeah, she's just dancing her booty off um are you so if you because you you had an, an unique i'd say relatively unique entry into music as your full-time situation absolutely would you do it the same way if you had a child so like if oh that's a great question yeah. that's a that's a great question no <laughs> there, there's no way there's no way you'd fly to safety or what's perceived as safety to try to make sure you have that stability is my hundred percent. And I think that's what ends up happening to a lot of artists. Uh, Jocelyn Enriquez. I don't know if you remember her. She had a, a big hit. Do you miss me? It was like a freestyle joint. Mm. She's from the Bay. She said like, that's why I left. You know, I, I, I had a kid. I, I think 
Lisa Lisa might have said that as well. Like, um, so. you know, a lot they they have a kid and they make a an executive decision. Uh, I think you know it's possibly less of an issue right now for bigger artists. Like, like Nikki can bring her kid on tour. Like that's that's not obviously Beyonce can bring her whole family plus more <laughs> on tour. Mm-hmm. So those type of things aren't the same issue. But for sure, at at that age, I was. 20 i I actually just started djing late too uh which i think also helped me a lot with my perspective on learning how to budget and save money and you know not buy escalades (laughs) um i was a lot older a lot you know most kids start when they're kids and i didn't have to deal with any of that but for sure if i had a child at 21 I'd have a extremely different life, right? You now. Might, we might not be talking to you right now in this context. Absolutely, huh. absolutely, hundred um, percent. Go ahead. I know. I know you just getting your day started over there. We we got some kid activities we got to go tend to over here. So look, we definitely want to have you back because I know there's so many more pockets, and I didn't even get to ask you my favorite question, which is. Are you having more kids? Well, we could save that. <laughs> and we're relatable because I have a four. My oldest is four year old, and we're close. We're in similar age groups, like me. Wow. Yeah, so you started I, late too. You're yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm 47. <laughs> my daughter's four, and my son's two. How about I'm you wilding. guys? How about you guys? I, How I old got, are you? I got a fifth. So I'm 42. I got a 15 year old. I got an eight. So 15 year old daughter, eight year old son, and six year old daughter. Right. How would? Yeah. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm I'm pushing. Uh, I'm probably the oldest out of everyone. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I got don't, he don't want us to ID him right now. <laughs> That's all yeah. right, man. No one will yep. believe it. No one will believe yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, got, I got a nine-year-old. That's see, that's that's normal to me. I I actually always felt kind of bad. Like you can't help it. Like you know, FOMO is a real thing. Like when I see all my friends and their kids are a lot old, you know, I would be like, I don't. Is my life exactly where it's supposed to be? And and that would dissipate quick because i'd be on stage with jay but if uh <laughs> if i wasn't i would be a little definitely a little like uh maybe i should be having more kids but i i can answer that question really quick Go. i'm probably not gonna have more kids because both me and my wife are a bit older and actually our we had our child um ivf so oh, okay. in vitro so my, oh, that's my another my good was, conversation to have yeah, yeah you get uh, I'm sorry. I, I just went on a. I don't know if that was nah, what nah, y'all nah, wanted nah, me to nah, talk nah, about. Okay, okay. <laughs> nah, we, we, we talked about part two and, and, uh, and kids here. So right. this, is, this is original. Then we're going to move into Hop <laughs> King and all that. You know what I, mean? I feel um, thank you. I, and I'd, I'd love to be back. I know I know how the dad thing works. So yeah, I, I'm probably not going to have any more kids just because it would be very difficult uh, for my wife. And we've talked about it. But one of the bad things about having kids at our age, um, like our body is just, I'm hurt. I had to actually have back surgery um, nice. from uh, just between, and I, I'm actually a decently healthy DJ. I, I've run marathons. I've run six of them. I'm not like, I wasn't just chilling on the couch all day. I, I was exercising and then COVID hit. And it was just a downward spiral. I hurt my back during COVID. And mm. my daughter just keeps asking me to carry her. And of course, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I know there's so. a day when my daughter's not going to ask me to carry her. So I carry her. Yep. Next thing you know, my doctor's like, 
you gotta get surgery (laughs) i was bad i was in bad shape and i had to get surgery but my wife is also kind of at that point as well in in her life um you know take care of yourselves y'all because when we get older it's just harder to maintain um so yeah i'm i'm probably not gonna have another child i would love to but you know i don't think that's uh in our cards which is all right you know (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. you you make it you make it work with what you got absolutely i i just hope my daughter doesn't end up being a spoiled brat which i'm already failing terribly on that was one interesting thing i wanted to say like i know you guys talk about discipline things and learning situ uh learning teachable moments and blah 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 but like when my daughter is was on a plane and she's freaking out and the only way to shut her up is putting her in front of a tv or giving her what she wants you know that's not really the time for a teachable moment no 100 i'm with you there man yeah. you know i just wanted her to calm down so i don't you know the rest of the plane doesn't want to kill me and yep. you know but unfortunately that ends up it's tough because we are we're on planes all the time so you got to forgive yourself for that like that's just i, one, I appreciate that thank you you got to eat, you. You gotta eat <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Then work on other things yeah. right. pick, and, pick and choose the battles yeah i'm doing that in less situations so you you, you <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's tough because she already is i feel it like i try to tell her to do something she's like no i'm not doing it and i'm like Shit. oh man that's the four-year-old no my four-year-old is like that right now yeah okay Good no it's easy she's like no she don't listen to nothing <laughs> what? I, and i and i i'm assuming here but the the filipino uh japanese foundation you know those influences that you guys have i think are going to play a crucial role in establishing kind of like the i don't i don't want to use the word discipline because it makes it has kind of a negative connotation a little bit but right. but it is going to provide i think the stability that you don't feel you currently have because of the cultural significance. So us, you know, E and I on the Latino side, like we see that those elements kind of play a part. It feels like shit is out of hand though in the moment, but I'm, right. I've seen it happen with my 15 year old. So I could speak from that experience. Mm. It does settle shit down and they kind of fall quote unquote in line to more realistic expectations of what you think, a, how a kid should behave. That's good. That's good to know. So one of the, I'm gonna keep going here. I hope that's so. So in Japan, I got, I don't I got know a few if, more minutes. All right, in Japan, actually, this is really interesting. I don't know if you guys seen this. This is on the internet. Uh, maybe it just gets sent to me. But like <laughs> in Japan, in schools, there there's no janitors because the kids they clean up. Yeah, the, clean the society up. cleans up. Yes, the society cleans yeah. everything. Like, uh-huh. but they learn this right at, from jump. Like, yeah. this is how you do this. Like, you don't wait for someone to clean up your mess. You you clean up your own mess. You organize yourself, which is horrible. I don't know if you guys know a lot of Filipinos, but we're a bunch of hoarders. That's why we got all these sneakers and all these damn toys <laughs> and all everything from 20, 50 years ago. I, I still have my toys from when I was 10 years old. That's wow. that's, that's not normal. I right? wish I had my toys. From <laughs> I, got no. I got nothing. I know. that's uh, Everyone says that. I'm but... spending money now to have those toys. <laughs> right, right, right. So my wife is grew up in this other culture and i'm uh it's a constant battle i feel i thank my wife for being patient with me because even I'm, I'm a lot better than i used to be but i'm one of them cats that used to have records i used to have records in my bathroom 
in the in the shower when I ran out of space. In every single room in the house had records. My crib is like that right now. Yeah, see, <laughs> that's not an abnormal thing for us. No. But my wife came in and she's like, "What is this hurricane that I'm I'm walking into right now?" Um, so I think, thankfully, on the culture tip, her being Japanese, I think will absolutely give her that extra structure as far as all that stuff goes. Yeah, and it's good to hear, man. I, you know, I don't actually talk to a lot of pops about this because most of my friends have their dad days yeah. are are what. <laughs> Their kids are already in college, so they're not talking to me about any of this stuff. So thank well, you. You got, you got next you got actually home. really quick. Next time we talk, though, I want to bring up. I have a homie who he's he's Cuban. His wife's Japanese, so the daughter is Cuban Japanese, and she travels every year to Japan. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of stuff that that I've learned through them about like the 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 two cultures and how it impacts a child. But next time we'll we'll get into all that. Why don't, why, why don't we actually yeah. see if we, we can schedule the next like two weeks or so just to yeah, keep it fresh, I'm, keep the combo fresh. I'm definitely I'm down. I'm uh we could do it at this time again, whenever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sure. I'll, I'll I'll hit you up through the um through the email or through the DM and, and we'll what up? and I'll send you I'll send you Coco's I don't know if you found it. I I couldn't, no, no, I couldn't find, find it. it. Yes. Send it I'll send me, it to you. But when you see what he does you'll be like yeah, I, I and I had the DJ after him once, and I was like, "Damn, man!" Oh. <laughs> Jens, I'm I'm gonna dip real quick because I actually have uh, to pick up my son from his last day of school. Yeah, I think we're all, <laughs> we're we're all right. gotta get, I gotta pick up mine too. Right, yeah, sounds good, y'all. Thanks. All right, yo, yo Neil, real quick, just for y'all listening, go to djneilarmstrong.com. No funky spelling. That's just normal. No funky spelling. DJ Neil Armstrong Instagram, DJ Neil Armstrong Twitch, DJ Neil Armstrong Facebook, DJ Neil Armstrong. I, I got suckered Everybody. into doing TikTok now, like, like an idiot. But sure, <laughs> not doing it. Not doing it. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I would love to talk to y'all about that on the next podcast. Ooh, just just uh, remember that because it, it's really interesting. I, I, you know, you know, I'm never gonna do no stupid ass dances. Right, right. But I think we, we I do am. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I, do I want to punch myself. Uh, just shoot me at that point. Just shoot me. Yo, I'll do it for you, and you just laugh. And All right, don't worry about it. Don't do it in a I'll, speedo. I'll post it. Now. I'll post it on my thing. Like, check this out. <laughs> this is what happens when you're a pop and you do TikTok dances. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> Yo, Neil, thank you, brother. Have a great day, and for sure. All peace, right, y'all. Peace, See y'all in a bit. Peace, peace, peace. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be your father to your child.